CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, D. Yeah? Did I tell you that the Ben Jarofsky Show is sponsored by Rattleback Records? No. Well, it is. Rattleback Records at 5405 North Clark Street is Andersonville's full-service record store. Hey, D. Did I tell you it was voted one of Chicago's best record stores in the 2019 Chicago Reader Poll? No. Well, it was. Wow. Rattleback Records, 5405 North Clark Street. Used and new LPs and 45s. They got CDs, DVDs, books, gifts, and much more. For more information, contact them at rattlebackrecords.com. That's R-A-T-T-L-E-B-A-C-K Records. Dot com. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, March 18th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8. That's correct. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. That's correct. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show would not be possible without our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Well, Ben, interesting day today. Oh, yeah. But we need a song of the day, oh. sir. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm thinking of this song, but this song is from way back. Oh, big surprise. Seven, do you feel like I do? I don't know why I'm thinking of that. I, I, it kind of sounds, I don't know, maybe the Curl song reminded me of that. I don't know, whatever. It's on my mind. Do you feel like I feel? The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Stop playing airbase. And now your host, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this On the Road Wednesday, and here's why. Yes, indeed. As Dennis says, we're doing this as a remote from a new location. My home. It's not a new location to me, but it's a new location for the phone, uh, for the show. And I just want to let you know what you see. Uh, if from my perspective, instead of my beautiful bubble in the Chicago Sun-Times just down the hall from the bathroom, D, we are out looking over an alley. All right? That's correct. Okay, thank you, Robert Mueller. He's joined us. Thank you for stopping by, Mueller, accompanying us wherever we go. We're at the <laughs> Chicago Sun-Times. You're there with us. By the way, I don't have my beloved Mueller report, D. Oh. I suddenly realized I left it back at the bright oh, one. no. Every now and then, I like to go in that and look. German-fested <laughs> Mueller report. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't wipe it down yesterday. Anyway, so we got the alley. Every now and then, some uh, stra teenager uh, will stop by and smoke a joint by my garbage can. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, and Dennis may run out and join them. Uh, and then, of course, we have the L train, which just comes by every now and then. You'll hear it. Maybe there's nobody on it, but it's good to know that the trains are still running in the city of Chicago despite the coronavirus. Uh, so anyway, yep, here comes a train right on time. Ah, let's yeah. get the brown line. Uh, yeah, there they go. Hey, everybody. I think I saw Mayor Rahm on there. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's what we're doing. Doing this we're doing the show from uh my house uh in the attic 
the attic room overlooking the uh, train and the alley. We're going to make the best of it we can. Uh, these are trying times, as everyone knows, and I guess I could say I've come full circle in life, everybody. Uh, for years and years and years, I worked out of my house. I did not go to the reader on a regular basis. I very rarely went to the reader. I'd send my stories in uh, through the computer. Uh, and everybody else I knew, pretty much everybody else I knew, went to work every day. I'm going to work, put on my suit, put on a tie, and go to work. Well, they maybe didn't wear a suit and tie, but they went to work, okay? Uh, then all of a sudden, uh, I had a new uh, new chapter in my life. I started going to studios, re- doing shows. I was up there going to the Sun-Times every day and then all of a sudden everybody else is working out of home and i'm still going to the sun times now i'm full circle we're at least going to try it for today right d see yeah. if we can do it see if it works uh who knows they ha- I, they had they did not order us to uh cease and desist uh doing shows from the sun times but they kind of made it uh, suggested that yeah you may want to see if you can work from outside the office every now and i mean then. it's worth a shot to try you know what i mean yeah absolutely we want to keep the show going uh throughout this pandemic throughout this crisis uh, and uh, keep our guests, uh, you know, coming in uh, by phone anyway, and uh, just keeping the conversation going and entertaining and lightning and whatever else we do for you guys. So we're going to keep it going. We're going to try doing it from my house, see how it works. If this doesn't work too well, we'll go do it from Dennis's house. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me move this bar here, move this out of the way. Oh, Cheetos. <laughs> what are those doing? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, but great night last night, uh, election night in uh, the city of Chicago, Cook County, state of Illinois primary uh, great night on many levels uh, for candidates of my persuasion uh, with the notable exception of Bernie Sanders everybody knows I voted for Bernie Bernie did not have a great night last night not only in Illinois but he also lost uh, in Arizona and he lost another state I put it out of my mind I can't remember it whatever it was he lost that one as well to Joe Biden and uh, it's pretty obvious that Bernie Sanders campaign uh, will not be successful he will not be the nominee uh, that was pretty much obvious after uh, Super Tuesday. Uh, but as I point out, Bernie's ideas are triumph, uh, triumphant. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. But it was a rough night for those of us who support Bernie. On the other hand, Kim Fox was victorious. That was good to know. Kim Fox, uh, Cook County State's attorney, uh, defeated Bill Conway, Bill LeBrow, daddy's boy. I should stop making fun of him now. The election's over, right, D? Yeah, we, we can do one day at least, <laughs> okay. right? Uh, everybody knows Bill Conway uh, ran with, is the son of William Conway Jr., I think, the, the one I, I think the daddy is junior and the son is the third whatever uh daddy uh, pumped in a lot of money to his campaign and he ran attack ads trying to take advantage of smollett gate man it's good to know you are hey you know what dr d has not lost a step here he's doing it for my house he's boom 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 he's got that board under he's the maestro man Yes, indeed. Uh, the old bullshit commercial. Am I still allowed to say it, D? Yeah, whatever. I'm allowed to swear. Not only we're in your house. <laughs> your house, your rules, man. Folks, you know, I like Dennis has got this rule. Don't swear. And I've been really good about it. Basically, I don't swear. But she hear me when I'm not on the air. Good mother, babes. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm going to be a good sport about it. Uh, Bill Conway uh, was uh, was defeated, even though he spent, I don't know how many millions of dollars, $10.5 million, I think he got from his father, from the Carlisle Group. Uh, and was trying to take advantage of Smollett Gate. Uh, that really upset me, in part because he used an excerpt, Dennis just played it, of something that Kim Fox said when she was on our show. So it's like they were weaponizing our show <laughs> to destroy, you know, a progressive black woman. And, uh, oh, man, I got irritated. But then I got a trash. Remember then the, 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 the campaign manager, one of their consultants, sent me a trash-talking email. Oh, yeah. yeah remember that one? Yeah. He's trash-talking. Thank so. God that's over. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now, there's many arguments for. Uh, we we discussed it yesterday. We're probably having a conversation today. Should Pritzker uh, have called off the election? Uh, should we have delayed the election? There's many arguments, pro and con, on that. I would say the biggest argument in favor of continuing the election is that we will no longer have to hear Bill Conway commercials. How about that, D? Uh, you know, hey, even the Tribune, which you know, kind of wanted the election. I don't know why. Oh, I do know why. I do know why. <laughs> it just occurred to me. See, well, we'll get into this later. The difference between lefties and uh, uh, MAGA hat wearers. MAGA hat wearers are always on point. So here we are in the middle of a crisis. It's pretty clear that Donald Trump has dropped the ball. He's done a horrific job of being our president and uniting our country, getting us all together uh, to confront this crisis. He's done a terrible job every step of the way uh, from even just even admitting that it is a problem, giving out conflicting information. So what is the Tribune doing? What, what is the right doing? They're concentrating on J.B. Pritzker. It's like it's J.B.'s fault. See, that's... The right's always on message, folks. It's almost like every morning they wake up and they get their email from Donald John Trump. And I knew these emails come out because I'm actually get the Tea Party emails. I get barrage. Mitch McConnell sends me emails. Newt Gingrich sends me emails. And they're always telling me, uh, I, I begin, so all of a sudden, uh, uh, Marco Rubio has been sending me emails. I don't know why he's oh, sending me emails. lucky you. I know I'm a lucky guy. Uh, but always these messages stay important. For a long, long time, they haven't figured out how to handle the coronavirus because on one hand, they were saying it's not a problem. And then on the other hand, they wanted to blame it on Democrats. They weren't quite sure how to blame it on Democrats. Uh, and uh, so now, essentially, in Illinois anyway, they're going to blame everything on J.B. Pritzker, at least for the moment. Anyway, uh, so we had the election yesterday. Kim Fox was victorious. I'll give Bill Conway credit. At least he conceded. On the other hand, another big win for uh, progressives. Marie Newman was victorious in the third congressional That's awesome. district. That is awesome. She defeated Dino Danny Lipinski. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah, very good. Uh, Marie Newman ran. That's I didn't even she think tried, tried again, and she won. She won. She ran in 2018 against Lipinski. Uh, as everybody knows, I'll just repeat it for some people who may have just. Do not know this. Dan Lipinski is the son of Bill Lipinski, a legendary uh, Democratic political boss from the southwest side of Chicago, close ally of Michael Madigan. Uh, Dan Lipinski was the congressman from the 3rd Congressional District, and then he just abruptly handed it off to his son, Dan Lipinski. <laughs> just that's said, well, that's it. I, wanna, I want you to be the congressman. Now, let's just keep it in the family. Dan Lipinski was pretty much considered unbeatable, even though he's an extreme position for a Democrat as being against uh, a woman's right to choose in almost any situation he's vehemently anti-abortion and in the last election he was able to eke out a victory in part because he had a bunch of uh anti-abortion zealots who went out door to door knocking on door and they got out their vote and plus it was just like a lot of voters longtime voters out there you know longtime democrats they're like well, i know the lipinski name daddy helped me once it got me a garbage can when he was the alderman William Lipinski used to be the alderman. Uh, it's kind of hard for people to vote against an incumbent at first, uh, even if his positions on many issues, not just abortion. Uh, Dan Lipinski's the far right. Uh, Dan Lipinski basically it was a Republican uh, in, in a Democratic uh, district, so he had to run as a, with a D next to his name. Uh, so on, on issues like trade, he was against uh, the people in his district. And issues like immigration, he was against the people in his district. Weak on issues like minimum wage, et cetera, and so forth, environment, et cetera. Et cetera. more like a Trump uh, 
a Trump Democrat, if there's such a thing. And uh, anyway, so she almost won. A Trumpocrat? A Trumpocrat, just like Blago. Although, unlike Blago, I don't think Dan Lipinski has ever shown much concern about criminal justice issues. Blago's big issue of the day, uh, former Governor Rod Blagojevich's big issue of the day, is apparently criminal justice. Um, anyway, so uh, Dan Lipinski was barely won in 2018. You would figure, all right, you know what? A smart politician moved to the left to try to cut that off. I, re, I re, can recall so many politicians in, in Chicago who've done that. I remember Bernie Hansen, the old alderman of the 44th Ward, way back when, this is going back to the 80s, everybody, uh, when suddenly he realized that... He's uh, old, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Me, not Bernie Hansen. Well, Bernie Hansen's old, too. Uh, when he realized that uh, his ward was had a large population of gay people living in it, suddenly uh, he became an advocate for gay issues. He, I remember he... Uh, uh, went to Washington and marched. Uh, in a, the, what was it? it? Was like a, it was a, a demonstration to get more federal funding for the fight against AIDS, that kind of thing. So he he made an adjustment, and he was able to win uh, like three or four more terms in office. Be uh, before he finally retired and, t- and her- turned things over to uh, Tom Tunney. Dan Lipinski didn't even bother making that adjustment. He just stayed where he was. He figured, well, I beat her once, I'll beat her again. Well, it didn't work. Uh, Marie Newman won. But unlike Bill Conway, uh, Dan Lipinski has not conceded. At least he hadn't by the time we went on the air. I don't know, maybe he has by now. Uh, She was up by four percentage points. Dan, I think it's over for you. Everybody else is saying you lost. Come on, be a good sport. Admit it. Let's see. I'll just. I was before we went on the air. D was looking at various uh, headlines regarding this race. Uh, BuzzFeed said a progressive challenger has beaten one of the last anti-abortion Democrats in the House. The Hill was very straightforward. They said Dan Lipinski defeated an Illinois House primary. And then there's Fox News. This is a good little spin. Fox News had quote AOC's pick and Democratic primary uh, for House. Uh, defeats incumbent AOC's pick. That would, of course, be uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, who, like many Democrats, uh, endorsed uh, Marie Newman. So now for Fox, it's like, it's AOC's pick. AOC has spread her control. She now controls the city of Chicago and the Southwest suburbs. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm afraid. You got It's working on me. Fox, man, unbelievable. Anyway, if Fox says you lost, Danny... Just conceded and move on. What uh, Lakeisha Collins? She was on the show last week. She was victorious from West Side. Uh, congratulations, Lakeisha! Uh, and uh, I was really hoping she would win. She had such an inspirational story. Remember her? D. Uh, she was talking about uh, her tough uh, upbringing and going uh, in, in the. Um, uh, essentially, she was uh, uh, basically an orphan, and uh, the story she told uh, was the foster care system, moving from one house to another, and she pulled it together and now she is a state representative so congratulations to you that's a great win uh on the downside as i said bernie lost i was for bernie i don't hide it um uh, one of those journalists who says i'm not gonna tell you how he voted yeah i'm pretty much out there let everybody know you can tell by what i write anyway so i was really disappointed that bernie lost and um, as i said he lost in three different states last night uh and it's pretty clear that the nominee will be joe biden uh but as i pointed out 
Bernie's ideas are triumphant, particularly in these rough times uh, with the coronavirus are really giving the economy a sock. Uh, the front page headline in the New York Times today, plan would inject $1 trillion into economy. $1 trillion. Donald Trump has signed on to a plan to inject $1 trillion into the economy. It violates every so-called precept of the conservative Republican Party. They don't care. These are desperate times. And it's pretty clear that Donald Trump woke up the other day and came to the realization that he was going to lose in November if he didn't do something immediately. So what did he do? He, he went full Bernie, and he's embracing Bernie. There's going to be checks mailed to people. They're not even going to ask. They're not going to say, like, do you need the check? It's not clear, by the way. Okay, all the, the rules haven't been written. Lord knows how this thing is going to shake down when they're done writing the rules and the regulations, et cetera, and so forth. But at the moment... It's like they're getting ready to send out checks. You need a check? Here's a check. You don't need a check? Here's a check. No, I don't even think they're going to have means tests. I've seen mixed things about this. And sometimes uh, some reporting says, well, that Treasure, the Treasury Secretary, Steve Muchin, says people who make over a million dollars won't get a check. Others say it's going to go to everybody. So we'll see how it ends up uh, happening. But nobody's really pushing hard for like a means test, like where you have to prove that you need the money. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people who need the money are good for Mark Simpson was on the show yesterday talking about how uh, the, the, it's basically a recession as far as his industry is concerned. He's an Uber driver. It shut him down. They can't work. A lot of people, uh, my beloved Chicago reader, we're going to be talking to Tracy Bame about this. Uh, we're losing advertising. A lot, of, a lot of economies have been hit all hard. If you're a bartender, if you're a waitress, you're a waiter. These are hard times uh, and you need help right now. now. I don't know if you're a hedge fund guy with, you know, like, let's just say if you're a Bill Conway's father or Bill Conway. You know, you're not really needing anything. But <laughs> Dennis is shaking his head like, can you let it go, Ben? He guy lost. Uh, he you know, you got one day to do it. <laughs> one day. I only got one day? Yeah. I can, can I call him Bill the Bro after tomorrow? You can call him that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Call him what you want. Thank you. I don't uh, think most people will care really after today. You know uh, I mean? you know, everybody in, in about six months, it'll be a trivia question that only Frank and I will be able to get. Oh yeah. Who was, came in second in the Cook County state's attorney race of 2020. Oh, the Brown lines. Is that Bill Conway? On the <laughs> <front line? laughs> hey Bill. Ah. Almost. He's looking good. All right. He's relieved. He, you know what? He, Maybe he, next time. He's happy he doesn't have to hear his commercials uh, anymore either. He's like, God damn it. I hear that bullshit commercial one more time. Okay. You, you did GBS <laughs> and, just, and one sentence, please. I, I, I just have to get this out. All right. You know, uh, so the New York Times, I read the New York Times article on Kim Fox. And uh, how she was victorious. And they were, they went through and they talked about the race. And they, they said at one point, uh, they were, they were alluding to the Smollett Gate situation, although they didn't call it Smollett Gate. They got the Smollett situation. And they said, <laughs> and she called it, and then they put in quotes, BS, as though she said BS. Like, I think we've discussed this before. It really irritates me, okay? If you put it in quotes, it's what she literally said, New York Times. She didn't say BS. She said the real thing. Anyway, that, I think the New York Times needs to do one of those clarifications. Could you? That would be a funny clarification. We're clarifying. She did not say, quote, BS. She said, quote, bull, beep. I'm not allowed to say it. Just like, uh, well, so, you said it already. Right, you said I'll it like say, twice. <laughs> I'll probably say it a few more times. Anyway, uh, the interesting thing, Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump came out, so he has his, uh, his plan to inject $1 trillion in the economy, including sending out checks to Americans. Pretty, a lot of Americans are going to get it, whether they need it or not. It's interesting. 
There's no means test like Mayor Pete. Remember Mayor Pete? Well, you know, uh, my college tuition plan uh, would only go to people who really need it. You know, once again, Democrats moving right because they're so afraid uh, that they may be, what, criticized by moderates, criticized by Donald Trump as being too, what, too radical, too Bernie-like. Remember Mayor Pete? Remember that guy? Mayor Pete moved? <laughs> yeah. Mayor, Mayor, Mayor Poop Pete. <laughs> Mayor Poot. Mayor, Mayor Pete okay. moving right, always moving right, just like d- Democrats in general. You know, there's that line, it's like, what, socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor. Well, now we're having socialism for Donald Trump, because this is all about us. This is a socialistic plan put out by Donald Trump to save Donald Trump. It's interesting. When Donald Trump's next on the line, oh, suddenly he's a Bernie Sanders socialist. He's Emma Goldman. He's Eugene Debs. Many other socialists out there. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Donald Trump is more of a socialist, more of a liberal than Mayor Pete. How about that? Uh, Dire times, desperate times. You know what, D? I just found myself instinctively criticizing Democrats. And I remember just telling you when I picked you up today. I'm really sick of lefties criticizing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Nice knowing you, (laughs) a lot of our listeners. Uh, But I'm guilty of the same thing, of being a a person of the lefty persuasion. So many of my lefty friends, like whenever I have a conversation, you, you hear it on the air all the time, uh, but when, when just in general conversation, I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine, a lefty, who's, we'll just call him Dave, since that's his name, but we won't give his full name, because he comes on the show as a journalist. He doesn't want people to know his real political beliefs, you know what I'm saying, Dave? Hi, Dave. So I'm going <laughs> to protect his, and so I said, I was talking to him about his next appearance on the show, so next time you hear of a Dave on our show, put one in one together and figure out who it is. Anyway, so I said to Dave, I said, man, Donald Trump, this guy's the, the worst president I ever had, and then Dave instinctively... Without missing a beat, he goes, yeah, he hasn't learned to lie as well as Joe Biden. I was like, you are incapable of hearing a criticism of Donald John Trump without immediately, knee-jerk response, criticizing a Democrat. And I wonder why the Democrats have, you never hear Republicans doing that. They fall in line. Just read a John Cass column. He fall, it's like, I told you. He's, he puts every day, he puts on his MAGA hat, like I put on my Chicago Bulls hat, and he gets his orders, and then he just sends it out. Me, but you also have a Chicago Bulls hat that looks like a MAGA hat, <laughs> by the way. I know. Remember, I got in trouble for wearing Well, I didn't really get in trouble. Somebody said, oh, is that your MAGA hat? Yeah. I actually think it was a Trump supporter who told me that, Ben, that looks like a MAGA hat. Sweet hat. <laughs> Hell yeah. I knew you'd come around. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, my beloved lefties, we, we just, you know, instinctively, instinctively say something bad about Donald Trump. Well, what about the Democrats? They're just like them. You know, they just cannot, they cannot get on board completely. And I understand it. I'm much the same way because look at me. Look just what I did. I was criticizing Donald Trump and boom, flipped and had to take a swipe at Mayor Pete. I'm as bad as all the other lefties, D. I'm as bad as Dave, whose name I won't give away. We got a great show today, everybody. Oh, Who's yes, on the D. show? Well, Monroe Anderson. It's Wednesday. He'll be here. We're going to call him up. I hope it's working. Facebook. Oh, hold on now. What? Was that your impression of me <laughs> freaking out trying to get this show set up? That could have been you or Monroe. I'm not sure. Danny P. Oh, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, political know-it-alls will be here, but... Unfortunately, we haven't figured out how to have them both on the phone at the same time, so we're going to split up the interview. Uh, Danny P. Young, Daniel Pogoshelsky, uh, and Jacob Kaplan, executive director of the Cook County Democratic Party. Man, we we're going to take the deep dive with Jacob, all the races going through. I was did I, I did a, a 
pre-show run last night, like everybody else. And there's no more uh, hanging out at campaign headquarters as the results come in. Uh, Jacob was at home, and so I, I talked to him last night and went through some of the races, commitment races, state rep races, state senate races, all the dead deep dive. Uh, the turnout, how did turnout go? Should there have been an election at all? All these uh, questions. Monroe will, be, of course, be talking Trump, 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 Trump coronavirus response and all that good stuff. It's going to be a fantastic show, everybody, so don't go anywhere. Monroe Anderson will be coming up next. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. It's Wednesday, so Monroe Anderson is with us. Monroe, welcome to the new version of the Ben Jarofsky Show. We're on the road from my house. Oh, good place to be. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're practicing um, social discipline. Social uh, distancing. Distance. Yes. Social, social distancing discipline. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. How does that work? Uh, I, I'm doing social distancing, I suppose, but I'm closer, literally closer to Dennis than I've ever been uh, in the entire history of broadcasting. So uh, we're sitting here. You have to see this to believe us. We're at a, at a desk overlooking the alley and the brown lines. Every now and then the train will go by, the brown line will go by, and then uh, it will continue along its merry way uh, south into the loop, and eventually it will sort of go by your house as well. So we're all connected uh, by the brown line of Monroe. All right, Monroe, right. a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm going to run down a few of the headlines, and then uh, we'll get to you. Uh, Trump is fighting his inner Bernie, front page headline. I've been joking about this. Plan would inject $1 trillion into economy uh, when things get tough. Everyone's a socialist, uh, as they always we're say. We're all socialists now. Yeah, we're all socialists now. It's funny. They were 
beating up on Bernie. Uh, he was a socialist long before it was fashionable. A rough night for me on ter- in terms of Bernie. Uh, you know, I was a Bernie supporter, but Joe Biden uh, moved that much closer to getting the nomination, won three states, Illinois, Florida, and Arizona well, last well, night. Well, you and your brothers forgive me for saying I told you. So. Okay, all right. Uh, I told you so. so. We'll get into all of these. Uh, I know you're just you know popping champagne. Uh, a, a very curious thing. No, no, no. I, I, I like I like being able to analyze things and then predict how they will happen. I told you I would if I thought Bernie could win, I would be very sad that he's lost. Uh, all right. Well, I, I did think he could win, but right, we'll get into that. Uh, and then uh, there's also okay. this other issue we'll get to. Uh, some lefties have had these conversations, bizarre conversations that with lefties who supported Bernie, very upset, are blaming black people. Like, if only black people had voted for him. <laughs> it's right. an interesting little twist on things. I get your response. Well, well, well as you know, and obviously they know, that they know better what our self-interests are than we do. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, they, so we're so foolish. We're so stupid. We don't know that Bernie's better for us. Uh, we'll get into that. Which I can see you're just um, warming yeah. up on that one. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> locally, uh, Kim Fox's election, I was very happy with that. Kim Fox defeated Bill Conway and uh, was victorious, despite the fact that he poured in a lot of money. So I thought that was some good news on the local front. I know you follow these things. You wrote an article for right. the tribe on Kim right. Fox. Um, let's start. Yeah, at money, th- money, money can buy you love, but it can't buy you an election. <laughs> well, it got him second place. How about that? It got right. him second place. Yeah. Uh, and nobody had ever heard of him before. So money can buy you a lot right. of things in politics. Um, yeah. All right. Let's start at the top. Trump finds his inner Bernie plan would inject $1 trillion in the economy. He's talking about sending out checks to individual Americans there. It's not clear if there's going to be a means test. Uh, at the moment, it's, there's a lot of specificity. He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, this is if, if I've watched his press conference today, yesterday, days before, and I watched M- Mario Cuomo's uh, press conference. I mean, Andrew yesterday. Cuomo. And, uh, I mean, Andrew, I'm sorry, Andrew. Andrew I'm thinking of yeah, you're thinking father. of the old man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm thinking of his father. Yeah, right. Now, Andrew. Andrew sounded presidential. I mean, he had the command of the facts. He had a strategy. He had empathy because he was talking about how he wanted to, um, he, he couldn't come close to his daughter because he's in that age. He's sort of in that age. Oh, no, his daughter is his, well, maybe it's his sister. But anyway, he couldn't get next to a sister or a daughter or something for fear that he would spread the virus to them. And they would take it to his mother, who's still alive. Now, I mean, he told personal stories. He he, he talked about how um, the hospitals needed to be covered. He went through great detail. Whereas Trump, uh, in his press conferences, stands up there and um, first of all, he's still criticizing the Chinese. You know, he's calling it the Chinese disease. I mean, he's just. He's typically Trump. It's all about him, mm-hmm. not about us. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. So what was your reaction when you saw that he's talking about almost like these socialistic type plans, one trillion uh, injection into the economy, checks for everybody? I had a, a smile on my face when I saw that because so much criticism 
It's such such mixed well, messaging where they they blast Bernie and the Democrats as far leftists, and then but, they come. But you know what, what's wrong? It's it's it, it's it's socialist, but it's typically as with Trump, it's socialism for the one uh, percenters, the corporations. For example, mm-hmm. what what he's going to do as as which is what also happened with his tax cut that he likes to tout is the uh, corporations get this big cut, this big payback, and they buy they buy back stock, which gives the stock payers and the stock owners and the um, president corporate the CEOs and what have you a big windfall. And they don't reinvest it in, in the employees, so it's not that socialistic. And and right now, I don't know what the the, the amount's going to be, but he's talking about giving um, the workers, the people that actually make our economy go, a thousand dollar check each, mm-hmm. and that's not going to cover much. And this thing may go, it, it conceivably, horribly, it could last for eighteen months we could be into it. That's a worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be at least two or three months. And so a thousand dollars is not going to cover much expenses. That boils down to $12,000 a year, even if you got paid monthly. Mm-hmm. Well, I- now Congress is mm-hmm. still fighting, you know, trying to work it out. But with the Republicans being Republicans, it's, it's going to be difficult. Well, this goes against uh, the natural instincts of the Republican Party, the Republican Party over the last 20 years uh, anyway, uh, which has resisted any kind of effort to help people out when they really need it. And their their worldview is, as you pointed out, dedicated to notions of things like uh, a trickle-down impact. So you cut taxes on the wealthiest people so that they have to pay right. less, and somehow or other that will uh, turn into an investment into the larger economy, which trickles down benefits to everyone, and we all are, are, uh, are better off for it. That's the Republican notion. It's not been proven by anything in, the, in, in my lifetime no. anyway, and no. from the moment that Ronald Reagan first brought it out there, uh, and Donald and, Trump and, is continuing. And, and Daddy, Bush, Daddy Bush called it voodoo economics. Back then, yes, Daddy and Bush it's still voodoo economics. Yeah, Daddy Bush. H-W. Uh, so, but so the notion of just like cutting a check and sending it to people. You're right. Probably one check for a thousand dollars. Whatever it comes down to, goes again. One more time. These are just raw ideas that are being put forth. Lord knows what the final deal will be once the negotiations are done. Once, yeah. Uh, see, this 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 is what has rightly so. This is what has the Republicans nervous Nellies right now mm-hmm. is that as as things are going uh, we very well could be 20% unemployment which is approaching the Great Depression which was 25% mm-hmm. unemployment and um, nobody's going to get elected if they take us there that has an R by their name we- so they have to do something um with their their group, which is uh, a bunch of, is mainly a bunch of um, white male losers to begin with, the Trump nuts. Well, and this is a, this is take a point to reflect on what you just said. It was about two weeks ago that I, as a Bernie supporter, were dealing with predictions, dire predictions from the centrists 
uh, in the Democratic Party who were saying Bernie was going to bring down the entire Democratic Party. It would be a top-bottom defeat. They would lose the House. They would not get the Senate. They would even hurt them like on state rep races. That's how dire they were predicting. They were trying to frighten all Democrats uh, into abandoning Bernie Sanders and going with, well, eventually Joe Biden for a while. I thought they might be wanting everybody to go to to Michael Bloomberg. It's this is how fast things change, Monroe. Here we are a month later or three weeks later, and suddenly because of the coronavirus impact on the economy, people are predicting widespread defeat for the Republicans. And so Donald Trump woke up, I'm telling you, he he was showing no inclination whatsoever to confront this as a real problem. He was saying it wasn't oh, a problem. Oh, yeah, no, he was calling it a hoax. He literally was saying about it. it was, three weeks ago, he was saying that it was a hoax concocted by the Democrats mm-hmm. to beat him in November because this is the only way they could beat him. Yesterday, in his press conference, he said, being Donald Trump, that he knew all along that we were going to have this uh, pandemic. And so it's no surprise to him that it's come. So it's literally a 180-degree turn on what he's thinking and, and saying. Yeah. No, I, I, I know there's a – we follow this in real time. We would have conversations right. in real time, not just with you, but Miles Conflassen. Uh, many of our guests would be following Donald Trump's response no, to the and coronavirus and, 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 in no, real and, time. And their and their pictures, their videos of this stuff. So this is what just absolutely is mind-boggling about Trump: is that he acts as if we're we're in 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 in, in the uh, Warren Hardy days. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> the Hardy. The, the 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 they met a hundred years ago when there was not any video to be seen so you could say any old thing and and claim you said something else two or three weeks later and people would have to go with it yeah but but now you can show you can do a moving uh, vi- video reel of where his various positions have been yeah and, and he's still and he's still screwing up the whole thing. We should be testing. We should have been testing three weeks ago when he was calling it a hoax. The, the way South Korea has gotten control of this this this, this um, pandemic mm-hmm. is they test and test and test and test. For example, if you have gone to the Sun Times today for they would have taken your temperature before you were allowed to come in the building. Mm-hmm. They would have had someone there to do it. And then when you left to go home, they would have had somebody to t- take your temperature again to make sure that you were, you were okay. I mean, this is how they've managed to tamp it down. We don't know where the virus is. We don't know where the hot spots are. Mm-hmm. Which is why you, you, you have to operate from your house. Because we don't know what's going on out, out there. We're flying, flying. And, and the most disturbing part about it is, as you pointed out, that the person who's in charge uh, is such an obvious fraud on this matter. Right. And you can, right. 
you, you could see the evidence of it. So he had, he has spent pretty much the last three years assailing the notion that there is something resembling an objective truth. You can't believe what the experts say when they contradict what he wants you to think. You can't believe what the newspapers say when they report on things he doesn't want you to hear. You right. can't believe the news. scientists when they say there's climate change. You can't believe anything anyone says other than what he says at the moment. He's got 50% or 45% of the country, Monroe, nodding their heads with him along that. So it's frightful on many fronts uh, when there's essential, there's no objective truth. And one of the things that I was encouraged by is that more of the 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 governors in this country have been speaking out and have been taking you you mentioned Cuomo uh is an example uh, more of them have been speaking out and trying to assert some kind of control and, and essentially they are forcing Trump right to take now, they've been leading they've been leading and forcing him and and into leading um being some sort of leader yeah but you know they have these models of where the disease is going and how large it's going to be. And right now, from what the, the steps we've taken or failed to take, it's looking more like the um, Italian model instead of the South Korea model. Mm. And if, if if it continues, unless unless we are more aggressive about it, even than we we've been in the last few days. Um, one prediction has us with uh, two million deaths in the country. Mm. We'll um, we'll be talking about this at greater length. Howard Ehrman will be joining us, Doctor Howard Ehrman, on the, the, a couple of days from now. We'll do a deep dive. We had him last week on the yeah. show uh, talking about uh, the coronavirus and what should be done, what we are doing, etc. An analysis of that. Monroe, I want to uh, switch gears. Go talk about. Uh, the uh, primaries, Joe Biden is obviously, as we said earlier, going to be the nominee. Bernie Sanders has fallen short. And uh, this bizarre narrative that's being put out by many of my friends, my leftist persuasion, I'm not going to name them. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I hear this all the time. A lot of it is, I think, it's just sour grapes from frustrated yeah. Bernie Sanders supporters. But this, right. I think it exposes, it, it, it exposes, what, a, a, a split in the Democratic Party that is is very troubling uh, and it, between yeah. the left uh, and black voters in this country. Well, okay, this is my take on it. Mm -hmm. and, and since um, I don't have many of the Bernie people cheering for me, it's not a problem. But my take on it is that the Bernie supporters are, are, are to the left where the Trump supporters are to the right. I mean, they're fanatical. They're really into their guys but so much so that it's either the way he does it or they're not going to participate at all. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've had fights and with some, and some of the people who have been black on Facebook where they're saying, well, if, if Biden, if Biden wins, he's no different from anybody else. It's the same old, same old. So they're not going to vote at all. They're just not going to vote. And, I tell them a no vote is a vote for Trump. And so I don't care how you feel about Biden. If you don't go out and vote for him, you could very well put Trump back in the office. And all the things that you're saying that Biden is not going to do for you, 
you can bet your bottom dollar that Trump is not going to do for you. In fact, he's going to do just the opposite. Yeah, I uh, I find it frustrating. Well, listen, I make that point all the time anyway, uh, and I've, I've said in the past that I realize that there's a certain number of lefties who will never vote uh, for the Democratic nominee, particularly if they live in the state of Illinois and they work from the assumption, well, it doesn't matter anyway. Illinois is going to go Democrat. Uh, so I understand right. that. I, I, so I'm not even talking about uh, not participating. I'm just talking about a, a greater divide that I've, I've noticed, a greater an inability uh, for Bernie in two elections now uh, to win over the black vote. And um, I, I, I feel as though... Uh, it's a troubling indication of the inability of two constituencies that should be working in concert that need each other. They're out right. of joint. And right. I, I don't know how at the moment. Well, I you, yeah, I think I asked, said this on your show before, mm-hmm. but it merits being repeated. When I was a black nationalist back in the late 60s, at Indiana University, there was this this whole philosophy among black nationalists that white liberals were full of crap. That they were they they were liberals who wanted us to do what they wanted done. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't do that, if we didn't do as they thought we should do, then they had no use for us. And that eventually they would they would cut their hair and their beards take off their feeds and throw away their flowers and become like their parents. And this is, this is what I feel with the Bernie people who are thinking that we should do what they want us to do versus what we think we should do. And that's that, okay, well, if you don't do it our way, then obviously you don't know what you're doing. And, uh, we're going to wash our hands up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, listening to that. Uh, listen to you just talk right there, Monroe. I had a smile because so many, I'm not going to sh- totally trash uh, my fellow baby boomers, but so many of my fe- fellow baby boomers did exactly what you said. Uh, when they were confronted with a draft, when they were confronted with having being sent to Vietnam, they were out in the streets protesting. As soon as the draft went away, over time, cut the hair, got a job, and it, they became yuppies. They went from being yuppies to yuppies, and now they're old baby boomers. And uh, you know, Trump makes some good points, Ben. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, right. or, and we'll close with this one. Or, okay, they're the ones who tell me, Ben, you got to understand, Kim Fox didn't handle that Spillett thing very well. Okay, you know, as right. they wrestle with voting, <laughs> voting against Kim Fox. Because she took a phone call. Something they do every day in their lives, Monroe, okay? Make calls. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh. Yeah, you know, I've been fighting with, I did the piece for the tribe Mm -hmm. where I, I, you know, I I applauded her for being uh, a reformer, a real reformer. And um, this whole, well, she's, she's doing a celebrity a favor. Some of, some of these people are backing Trump. And to, to be upset because one little lonely Hollywood actor who lost his job yeah. um, got the same treatment that Trump got from 
the Senate, the Republican Senate, is laughable mm. or cryable. Yeah. Anyway, Kim Fox was victorious. Monroe, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, thanks so much for uh, participating with this experiment, this first day of, of taking our show on the road. And as I say this, Monroe, here comes the brown line right past my house. You'll see it outside of your house in a little while. Thanks so much, Monroe. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. Take care. Okay. Bye. That's Monroe Anderson calling in. And, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, not so bad, huh, Dave? I liked it. All right, very good. We're going to take a break, and we're going to bring somebody on. I'm not quite sure who. We'll see. You'll see when we return.